Welcome to the Happy Clappy Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to tune in. We've got some great stuff to talk about today regarding church hurt versus butt hurt. That's right. You heard it right. Church hurt versus butt hurt. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Clappy. Happy Clappy Podcast. The Good to see you this morning. Podcast. We're talking about uh, what we talked about this week. Uh, what is church hurt and what is people hurt and what is being butt hurt, which, you know, we maybe have people listening that don't know what those are. So let's take a second. Todd, would you explain what church hurt is to people? Sure. Church hurt is when the organization does something and, and you have to think about it objectively. So the church does something uh, where they shouldn't do or they don't, uh, they either do something they shouldn't do or they don't do something they should do, whether it's not handling a discipline situation or not um, not addressing or teaching things correctly. I think your example was really good about, um, <clears throat> you know, when you would go to H-E double hockey sticks. Yep, yep. Yeah. If you swear right before you die in a car accident, you're going to go to hell. That's what I was it's taught. It's so. actually not true. That's not true. That's Zero. churcher. <laughs> yeah, that, the Bible does not say that. But because the church taught, taught something yeah. that was wrong. We had another one just a little bit ago. What was the other one that I was taught as a kid? I said I was taught that. You had mentioned it. Do you remember what it was? Oh, uh, cursing right before you die, like use of alcohol, wasn't it, or something like that? No, no. It was just like recently. I don't, we'll figure it out. It'll come, it'll come to us during this yeah, podcast. Yeah, like right after we're done. So why don't you explain people hurt? So people hurt is really just interpersonal. And and when we're talking about it, especially in reference to like the church, we're talking about people, specifically church people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's good for us to clarify. It's church people hurt that we're talking about. Yeah. People hurt exists. But in reference to how people perceive church hurt, a lot of times what people will say church hurt is, is actually just somebody in the church that did something that mm-hmm. was hurtful. Right. And right? sometimes that person in the church is the pastor. Yes. He's yeah. a people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, could be a, it could be a governance team member, an elder, it could be a deacon, uh, it could be a ministry team leader. But if it's not the church operating outside of biblical imperative, mm-hmm. then or, or, or basically enforcing biblical imperative, imperative in a hypocritical way, hypocritical way or in an unfair way, then that would be church hurt. But if it's, right. if it's just people who are in authority, it's still people hurt. Yeah. And uh, I do remember what the thing is. I'll bring it back up in a second. But the other one is butt hurt, which is, you know, it's a weird word for people. We get it. But it is a word. It was added to the dictionary like 2005. It's very common in vernacular. And it just means that I have been unnecessarily offended like right like it's i think it's unjustifiably unjustifiably offended, offended. yeah can unjustifiably you, can you offended. use that word in a sentence for us um if, hurt? yeah yeah can you, can you give us some reference like yeah. like yeah well when your toddler is crying about you know because yeah. she spilled her milk you're not hurt you're just butthurt yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a good example so yeah yeah we were just talking at an announcement we just filmed an announcement about springing forward and people missing church and that's yeah. when like when someone calls and says pastor I didn't set my alarm for it, and I missed church. And then if I were to get offended, yeah. not really offended, I'm yeah. just butthurt because I didn't come to church. Like, that would be a good example. Um, so the, the teaching of church hurt, oh, here's one. I was taught very clearly that if you killed yourself, committed suicide, you're going to hell. No, no exception. Right. That's not actually stated in Scripture. It's not. No. So that's a teaching... There's convictions, and we'll talk about convictions and preferences, but like those are the kind of things we get taught that later you go to the Bible, and you're like, I don't know where this is. I mean, I know why people say that, and generally people have a biblical 
connection to why they think these things, but it is not a clear biblical teaching. And so we right. have to be careful trying to enforce or, or teach things that necessarily are, aren't in scripture stated a certain way. Right. And we do that, it causes church hurt. That's right. I don't think, I think it's important for us too. like, we acknowledge like it's tough. To, it's tough to not be butthurt about your convictions. It is because like they are, they're core to who you are in a lot of aspects, right? Mm-hmm. Your convictions are the way well, that let's you revisit the world. Convictions, people. Right? So we, we talked about preferences and convictions and imperatives. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for maybe if someone's not, wasn't heard, didn't hear what we had mm-hmm. shared to revisit those because I think it's, it's tantamount to understanding how we're hurt is by understanding what we are feeling. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe go over what preferences. Okay. So like we talked about preferences, preferences are basically what you prefer, right? Within a church setting. And, and that could be what you, based on what you grew up with, could be based on the style of preacher that you grew up listening to. Um, it could be based on what you like to listen to, um, what you watch online. There's all sorts of things that go into preference. So what's your, pre- what's your musical preference? Like if it was just you and just choosing church music, what would you choose? I'm uh, for me personally. I mean, it, it's nothing hard else matters. Nothing else matters. But well, when we came in here the other day, he was listening to like death metal, hard rock. I like okay. So I'm a metal. I've been a metalhead. My like most of my like life. where they go raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, I, I like. Could that. you do that for us? Like, yeah. could you sing us? No, some of I'm that? not yeah. gonna do that. But yeah. I mean, I. For me, I grew up loving that kind of music. I, I really connected with the lyrics of that kind of music. So for me, it's a preference, but I know that there's no nobody in our church that wants to hear death I metal. think when we all stub our toes, yeah. we connect with... Rawr! Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, like, there are people out there who... Um, who there are death metal churches. I don't know if you guys know this. There are metal churches, but that's a preference thing, right? Like, it, it would be... I would never see, see that. But in I was worship. taught when I was growing up that there's no such thing as a death metal churches because yes. that would mean you worship the devil. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's a clear thing. Yeah. I was taught. Yeah. I'm not even lying. That's something. I was but, I mean, I, you yeah. can't even tap your feet too much. Yeah. yeah exactly. A little bit's okay, but not too much. Right. So, well, I think that that unlocks the door to all the things means. that really were, you know, potentially not necessarily mistaught, but things that we were told that were core, that were dogmatic, right? I think right. there's a big difference between dogmatic things and preference. But preferences necessitate other acceptable alternatives. Yes. So that just by a preference, that means you may like something, I may like something, we differ. They're both acceptable. They're just preferences. Yeah. And then there's convictions. And convictions um, are, are are really beliefs that we have that we, we tend to, as Christians, find some kind of biblical influence for why we believe that. So we might believe that one sort of, of mode of baptism is better than others. If we, mm-hmm. if we dunk someone all the way, if we sprinkle them, or whether one version of the Bible is better or not, or another, or whether we prefer um, other other kind of choices in life. So we, we find a reason in the Bible that we could do it. Like for you, we, I think you talked about like tattoos, whether you have tattoos or not. We find a biblical verse and we apply it, that's our conviction. And then we say, well, this is my conviction based on God's word. The problem is with convictions, it's a strongly held belief but it also uh, allows for other acceptable mm-hmm. um, options, you know, alternatives. Yeah. So whereas a preference is there are a lot of acceptable ones, a conviction allows for it if someone else has their own biblical kind of conviction. good example is, is my conviction about tattoos is that they're not a sin. Like, I mean, that's my personal conviction. But there are definitely people in the world who believe that Scripture is very clear about it. They believe that they have that, that to get a tattoo is sinful. And I have to be understanding and uh, I have to observe the fact 
if that people may be offended by that. Right. right. Well, your wife came up to me during after service. I don't know if you know this, but after second service, because I had said in the service making a joke, but I always tell Cody that he has tattoos on each arm. So when he gets to heaven, he's not going to have arms because those tattoos won't get into heaven. And so I just, it's a funny joke that we say to each other. Yeah. So his wife came up to me after second service and you guys got your rings tattooed on your fingers. We and did. she said, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to lose this finger when I get to heaven. Should I just put it on more fingers? <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, it was just kind of funny. She was just being silly, yeah. but um, it's the kind of things that we do. It's a conviction, right? And they're different from each other. And Tom, what about imperatives? Well, imperatives are the things that the Bible commands. Mm-hmm. There are things that if you understand something clearly from scripture, an example would be adultery. Adultery is forbidden by scripture. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't say, well, I have a conviction. You have a conviction. I'm going to go do adultery. Uh, a, my wife would murder me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's, you know, the yeah. body would never be found. But B, <laughs> it's against scripture. It is yeah. clearly a sin. The same thing's true of murder. Murder is clearly a sin. You know, those, these things are sins. And so you but can't the, do But the them. people do have a conviction, right? They have a conviction about killing versus murder. I've heard this. Like, if you go, there are people who are pacifists. Christians who any kind of killing mm-hmm. is a sin. So you can't yeah. go to war and serve your country because if you were to kill somebody, it would be a sin. That was actually part of, there was a big famous movie. What was the movie? Hacksaw Ridge, where, yeah. the, where the guy was not going to yeah. ever kill anybody. It was the movie about someone with that oh. kind of belief system. It wasn't Hacksaw Ridge. It was something different. No, but it was, yeah. it was, it was Hacksaw Ridge. He carried all the guys yeah, off the ridge. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it was Andrew Garfield, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was... There's different imperatives. There's different imperatives. Really, there are imperatives necessitate no other alternatives. There are no alternatives. It's either the Bible says or the Bible doesn't say with an imperative. So we all have to agree on what the imperative is. And so as we're talking about hurt, we're understanding that people have preferences, convictions, understand biblical imperatives and how they affect our lives. And the way that we utilize those things in our lives is what really ultimately causes hurt in people. Mm -hmm. It causes whether it's church hurt, whether it's people hurt. Or whether it's it's butt hurt, and I think that's where we we misapply something that is a preference. We make it an imperative. You right. know, we say I, my preference is, uh, you know, the King James version or the ESV, or my preference is you know classic rock. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's the kind of music that God wants. You know, and that's where we make make a big mistake. And we we make mistakes about this all the time. In fact, a couple of months ago, um, I preached a sermon kind of about some of this stuff and I was talking about tattoos and you know basically I was talking about you know my own personal preference and what I what I miss really inappropriately was was conveying to people is that my preference was a biblical imperative right and I've since gone back and talked to people about that that are close to me that I want to make sure you know but it's hard because a lot of times our we our preferences are so close to us Mm -hmm that we can sometimes believe that they're imperatives or we can we can blur the line between preference, conviction, and imperative because we are so right. wrapped up in and so passionate about what we believe that we don't leave room for the idea that we may be wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, our preferences and convictions drive the things that we like and enjoy in life. And so people go to churches because they're, they have preferences of style of music, style of worship, style of clothes. They have convictions over, over scripture or the way things are handled. So that's why they choose churches. The problem is conviction easily, easily edges into imperative. And I think preference often easily edges into conviction. And there's a lot of times that, that a a preference is just not a conviction, whether you like pizza or, or tacos better 
is not ever really going to be a conviction. It's just a preference, and you can choose that. Um, but there are convictions. Like, we don't agree on all of our convictions. We've talked about this quite commonly. There's things that we, we differ on. We kind of share that as part of what we're doing in the series. And uh, one, of the, one of the big ones is we had a big discussion one day just for fun about, like, what do we believe about creation? And we don't, we don't all see it exactly e- evenly. We have our own views. And so. Yeah, Ty and I are right, and you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter how big you are. It's two against I'm one. Just yeah. You know, I I vote tacos because I'm I'm a little hungry. It's almost lunch. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a pizza guy. Really? It's about quantity, not mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. And you know, I think in the first century, food was a big deal because mm-hmm. you had a lot of people who came from a Jewish background and they ate certain things that were very strict in their diet. Right. And then you had people who were pagans who ate everything. And now you throw these people together in one church and say, now you are brothers and sisters in Christ. Enjoy a fellowship meal together. Mm-hmm. We say when when you meet, you eat. Yeah, that's really hard to have a potluck when someone brings yeah. like suckling pig and yeah. you don't eat pork because you think you're going to go to hell. And and that's the thing. I mean, it's a it's a huge religious component mm-hmm. to it. Where even being in the presence of that cooked pork was would probably like throw you into a fit because mm-hmm. that's so offensive to you. Yeah, because right. like Peter, right? Peter's like, I'm not going to eat that, right? And mm-hmm. then he goes to sleep and has a dream. And God talks to him and says, like, Hey, look at all these animals mm-hmm. that they're. And, you know, Peter's like, I'm not going to eat that. You know, Mister mm-hmm. God, I'm not going to eat that, right? Yeah. And it's like. No, and God says, you know, you can't make unclean what I've made clean. Yeah. And basically, then he goes out to all these Gentiles and is like, I thought you were dirty before, right. yeah. you know, but now I'm, I can't have fellowship with you. And it's like, that was a, you know, that was a preference thing mm-hmm. that God had to open Peter's eyes to see this is not, this is not a biblical imperative. This mm-hmm. isn't what I, what I was intending, right? And when you get into the book of Galatians, what you find is Peter, you know, he, he acts one way around the, uh, the pagans, you know, the yeah. converted pagans, the new Christians from, from that perspective. He's willing to eat with them. Yeah. But then some Jewish people showed up and Peter's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> yeah. He messed up, you know, because yeah. the somebody take my pork so from strong. me as quick as possible. Like, yeah. here's my plate. <laughs> Like, you know, you get like, a ham and cheese sandwich. You're like, yeah, uh, nope. <laughs> toss it over his shoulder. No, I wasn't eating that. Like, oh, here, yeah. this is yours. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a joke in there about Baptists and going fishing, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, I'll I, say it. I, I don't mind. I, I love Baptists. I used to be one. Why do you take two Baptists fishing with you? Yeah, because if you take one, he'll drink all your beer. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It's the same idea though, right? Like Peter sees these other Jews come along and he goes, wait, my, I forgot. Like. You're seeing me, right? Because at the end of the day, he was embarrassed, and there was a preference and conviction that they had that that he basically was trying to mold his life on, mm-hmm. instead of realizing it was really all a, it was it was top down, right? Like you are, I Kyle. One of the things when I moved, I, I lived for with Kyle for a long time. And Kyle taught me um, how to do ministry. And I have questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. I well, I mean, do. as a you know, as a young pastor, you know, who was single, they 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 brought me into their home. And um, he, one of the things that I, I really have always admired, and I think the three of us are really all about, is that we are the same people everywhere. Like, if you see us at home, if you see us out, if you see us um, behind closed doors at church, it doesn't don't, matter. Don't We're come the find same. Me closed doors, though. What? Yeah, don't come look for me behind. Yeah, exactly. Doors, yeah, right. But, but I mean, like, the truth is, like, authenticity is really important. I think a lot of times people with their preferences 
right? And their convictions can sometimes come across as inauthentic, right? Because their preferences are only around certain things or certain people and they don't realize that there's, you know, some hypocrisy there. I'm sure you guys have found this in ministry. You know, people find out you're a pastor and all of a sudden they start apologizing for their language and they put their beer on you. And you know what we really want? We want to just engage you right where you are. We love you right where you are. You know, we don't want to leave you there just like God. He wants to meet you where you are, but he doesn't want to leave you there. Right. I think one of the most important things is to recognize that what God wants is for us to understand the difference between preference, conviction, and sin, mm-hmm. to avoid the sin, to confront the sin, absolutely. Right. But to recognize when something is a conviction, we can be different. We can have a different conviction based on our understanding of Scripture, our understanding of biblical values, and those convictions can change through the course of our life. Yeah, yeah. You know? Can I, I actually have a really, I have a good, and I think it's a pretty good example that I use with our youth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, when Paul's talking to the church and he said, everything is permissible, right? But not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but I won't be mastered by anything. Every, anything. We t- I, what I do is I stick out, or I stick out apple juice and energy drink and bleach, right? And so I talk about like, everything is permissible. You can drink all of these once, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like you can drink all of them. You can, but one of them is the best option. There's another one that's not as good of an option, but it's permissible. And then there's one that's genuinely harmful for you, right? And I think the difference between all of those is where sin lies, right? So there's what's the best and wisest choice. Then what's the choice that's in the middle? And then what's sin? And I think that's kind of where, for me, you know, when we talk about, we're, you know, we talk about drinking, we talk about all these other things. You know, for me, I always think, what is the best possible option? Not as what is the option that's just not sin, right? Right. Like, what is the option that's the best possible option? And definitely not what is the option that's going to hurt me and harm me. Mm -hmm. But you can't just operate off that because there are people who say the best possible option is not to have a tattoo. Exactly. The best possible option is not to drink. Mm -hmm. The best possible option is not to smoke. (laughs) Or these these lifestyle Mm -hmm. choices that people make. So you have to understand what the options are Mm -hmm. and understand God's perspective in Scripture, what he teaches us, and how that applies to your life. truthfully convictions i do think the holy spirit this is a big part of it and we didn't have a lot of time to get the holy spirit's part in this whole thing but the holy spirit really plays into our convictions because we each have different proclivities to sin proclivities to addiction proclivities to uh just temptation and so we have to be aware that we are unique individuals that god created and the holy spirit is our helper not only to help us understand god but to help us navigate life individually that's important. And so my conviction that I really feel compelled by the Holy Spirit as a conviction for me may not be for you, Todd, and may not be for you, Cody, because we we have to know who we are in Christ. And part of that is allowing the Holy Spirit to, to teach us who we are in Christ and help us understand that because that may look different. Yeah. Although we may love the Lord equally, our convictions may be different. And mm-hmm. I think that's what gets people messed up. Well, God told me, well, mm-hmm. no, God's not telling you that for me. Yeah. God may be telling mm-hmm. you that for you, but God's not, that's not the way God works is telling you things for me. Mm-hmm. He's telling you things for you. And he'll tell me things for me. And so can you guys speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be as simple as like, there, I think that the underlying Romans 14 is really that there's a conversation between believers mm-hmm. about their convictions. Mm-hmm. So we went on a car ride up, up north to go take care of the, of the, uh, what are they called? Yeah. The portable the, houses, yeah, exactly. trailers, trailers. We had to do some, some maintenance work up at uh, the, the campground. 
The pines. Did yeah. I, yeah. Did I just have a stroke? He's <laughs> easy. I'm having way. a stroke it's right it's here. Okay. Okay. Todd, 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 Todd does not like right. camping, so it's okay. We'll, that we'll teach Todd. You stuff. can say up north or the pines. Yeah, up north. Yeah, you up can pines. say or the Our church up north. Camping. Yeah. So anyway, we're on the way up there, and you know, one of the things that you do when you're in the car is you play music on the radio. You know, and that's where it becomes a conversation. Hey, would you guys like to listen to the radio? And I've got this great playlist filled with, I don't know, death metal or whatever, or electronic dance yeah. music. And I might be like, what? You know, yeah. you know, and so that might you know rub against my sensibilities. You know, mm-hmm. if I have a, a music conviction that I only listen to hymns or I only listen to Christian music. And so it, just be, it would be a conversation where I yeah. would say, hey, this kind of music would make me uncomfortable because I would feel like I was sinning against God. Yeah. Well, like, let's go with this one, like. Let's talk about just different types of convictions. I may be fine listening to to your music, but the moment a swear word comes on, I have a conviction I don't listen to explicit music. So you may not have that conviction. And so I may be sitting there in the car, and you, you play your playlist, and I'll be like, oh, Todd's yeah. going to hell because that was a swear word on a song he's listening to. Like, But that is that is what I was taught as a kid. Like, If you listen to garbage in, garbage out, and you listen to garbage, you're going to hell. That's what I was taught as a kid from church. And that's just not a biblical imperative because there are people that, that don't have struggle with, with language. I personally don't struggle with, with using coarse language, foul language, um, but other people do. And so, but I'm very cognizant of that's an issue that people have. But we have to think through all of those things because it's not just styles of music, it's the words that are within music. And, and we have to think through some of those things. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example because sometimes I, when we talk, you know, when, in the series, we talk about things when you talk about preference, right? So if you don't say something, right, and you walk away from that and you are offended, you're just butthurt. I mean, that's the truth. Because in that situation, that scenario, there was a conversation that needed to happen on your end to say, hey, listen, like, I actually have a conviction about this. Is, is there any way we can change it? You don't need to be a jerk about it. Well, it'd be like, I'm never riding with them again. Exactly, because, like, right? Because they listen yeah. to this devil worshiping music, and I'm right. just, that's me being butthurt. That's not yeah. me. Yeah. That's not me trying to understand your conviction yeah. and, and recognizing that your struggles and your convictions are different, and the things that are weaknesses for you may not be weaknesses for me, and yeah. things that are strengths for you may not be strengths for me. And so we have to understand that in relationship, relationship with each other we know what the biblical imperatives are they're they're really clear in scripture mm-hmm. and so there's there's not a lot of them compared to all the convictions that we have in life yeah yeah and i think i mean when we talk about one of the things at heart of lakes we really like to work with other churches too like our one of our things is like we really genuinely like to partner along and work alongside other churches of all different convictions right and for us, the reason that we even do the that, Baptists. even the Baptists, right? Like, and the reason that we do that really is because we believe that the big stuff matters, right? Mm-hmm. And the small stuff is worth us being in coexistence with. Like, that doesn't change, you know, this idea of like sup. Like, you can't sup with somebody. Like, basically, you can't have fellowship with somebody if they don't have the same conviction. Well, that's just not. That's just not true, right? right? We are so we're supposed to be able to have relationships across the kingdom of God, no matter what our convictions are. Mm -hmm. And so like what I think is when it comes down to it, when a conviction or a preference keeps you from fellowship with another believer, it either requires a a deeper conversation or it requires you to adjust your preferences or your convictions. Mm -hmm. Really? 
I think that what I've found is a lot of people like the, like the idea that we have to get along with different convictions, just that rocks people's world right. because yeah. what we've, what we've done with denominations and different churches is we find a group of people that we're comfortable with mm-hmm. and we're comfortable right. with them because we never have to have different convictions, right? Yeah, you know, and that's where like we lose the opportunity for discipleship when we are different people, right? you know, and when we have those conversations Hey, I have a conviction about this. Oh, I will immediately respect your conviction because that's what looking that's what being a sincere Christian looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't question it. I don't have to under I can disagree with it, mm-hmm. but I have to respect it because yeah. that's what God wants. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about supping with people. Uh, I have a friend that I lost that I was really close with in the writing world because I had told the friend that um, I would be okay if a, a publisher who was a Mormon publisher who does not publish all Mormon books. They have a few Mormon books. They they because in science fiction and fantasy, which is what I write in fiction, I write tales like like Lord of the Rings type stuff. The biggest publisher, one of the biggest publishers in the world, is owned by a Mormon pub- publishing house. And so they published the biggest books. That one of their authors just sold um, his his next series, self published it for fourteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like they're big. And so she had asked, well would you publish with this company if they offered you a contract? I'm like, yes, it's the biggest company in the world. Just because a Mormon company, a Mormon company owns it, doesn't mean like I'm espousing Mormon doctrine. But what happened is we had this conversation, and like a couple of days later, I got this email like I can't be in relationship with you anymore. We can't be friends. I can't sup with 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 sinners, so I can't sup with you because you'd be. And I'm like, my wife is like, what in the world is going on? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of Christianity is this that? Like, you guys are really close. We did a ton of stuff together, and all of a sudden now we're like. We're enemies. It is because of this conviction thing. There's no biblical imperative there um, that you can't publish at a, at a house that's publishing, you know, that's owned by a Mormon family. But there are people with that viewpoint, and that's just not a healthy viewpoint to have. That to me would scripture. be exhausting oh, to my. try and keep track of all of the people in the world that I disagree with, mm-hmm. and then not buy their products. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, when I go to the grocery store, I don't, I don't worry about where aunt millie's like who owns aunt millie's yeah. you know I, I just i buy bread or who or who who or who tied the twisty or yeah who tied like, the twisty? oh no i can't like, because that twisty person doesn't believe the same way i do yeah it's and it's just you know um i i feel that those those folks have taken convictions and taken them to a whole new level mm-hmm. and really that can become a false religion uh, yeah. oh yeah absolutely. i don't know your friends so i don't know I'm, I'm sure they're good people but i think that we all get tied up you know we get tied up by these convictions we're really what god wants is for us to have a relationship with people mm-hmm. where we can say we disagree on the mm-hmm. unessentials mm-hmm. but we love the lord and we agree right. on what's absolutely well essential. it's hard because that same friend goes to marvel marvel movies and so uh, which they, are not owned by they don't Christians. have foul language. Yeah, they yeah they, they do have foul language. Do language. So it's just kind yeah, of one of these things. Hear, like right? then it becomes like a hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like I well I have these convictions in this way, but I don't have these convictions in this way, and that's where that's where people really get the outside people looking at the church says the church is hypocritical because yeah. we we don't exercise we we say these convictions are so important, and then we we do whatever we want. Right. When you stand on the imperatives, the imperatives never change. So if you stand firm in the imperatives, you're never going to be called a hypocrite because you stand on the imperatives of Scripture that's mm-hmm. unchanging and you're always unchanging in it. When you make convictions that the religion, yeah, you're going to be called a hypocrite all the time because you're mm-hmm. just going to go and, and, and like convictions can change as you learn, as you yeah. grow, and as you grow in discipleship and understanding of the Word. I love this. Brian Ferguson, our, the chairman of our, our governance team, says this all the time. Rules for thee, 
but not for me. Right. You know, like, and it is, it's true. It's like, it, that's the definition of hypocrisy. It's like, I want you to follow these rules, but I don't really care. You know, and like, yeah. they don't, they're not really core. They're just like, they're selective, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem is like, that's where people see, especially people who are not part of the church, that's where people see the most hypocrisy from Christians mm-hmm. is with when their preferences and convictions overtake them and they they outwardly focus them, right? It's almost like a weaponization of the Bible, right? Like, I'm going to take what I believe and I'm going to jam it down your throat and I'm going to tell you this is what you have to believe to be like to go to heaven. That's like, wait a second, that's not... That's not the case, right? Like this is the for, and the three the imperatives, right? The three imperatives for the UB, which were united brethren, right? The three imperatives. I love, I love. Those would be like a vision statement. Yeah, basically our vision statement. Yeah. So what? What is that? They have a longer right? list. Right? What is yeah. that? What in essentials unity? Yep. And non-essentials liberty. Yeah, and and all things charity. Right. Like to me. I love that. Kind of like and we planned that, like, right? Really, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was pretty, it was really we good. Remembered. Right? <laughs> we all, we all remember. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. So no, but really, like, it is. It's a core thing for me. We went to that history class, and I walked away like I've been UB my whole life, and I just didn't know it because yeah. I've always felt that conviction mm-hmm. that we have to be charitable in all things, mm-hmm. and understand that different people with different viewpoints and different understandings of Scripture are going to have different views, different convictions, and get different preferences. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. And when you believe there's liberty in the the, the non-essentials, which would be convictions, you have the you have the ability to have different convictions than other people, and still love them, and they still be followers of Christ too. You can go to church with people with different political parties. You can go to church with people with different lifestyle choices. You can go to church with people who eat different, or drink different, or talk different, and and you can still love the same Lord and serve Him alongside of them because you stand on the imperatives which are unchanging and you have to adhere to those together mm-hmm. and be unified on it. And I think that's where it all it all comes back around. You have to sit shoulder to shoulder with people and you have to talk to them and you have to like you have to read the Bible together with people so that you're like, "Oh wait, we see this a little bit differently." Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And you don't and I and I'll say this as we finish up the podcast. A lot of people think that their job with their convictions is to convince people with different convictions to follow and adhere to their conviction, their personal conviction. And that's not right. It is not my job to, to, to pull people from their convictions to my convictions. It's my job to clearly communicate the why behind mine because maybe their convictions are off. Mm-hmm. And through proper discipleship, understanding the word, they can, they'll figure it out. But that's the Holy Spirit in them will teach them and help them come to that understanding. I'm not going to force anyone to change their convictions. I've never actually been able to force anyone to change their conviction in my life. It's just not something we're called to do. My job is to teach them and equip them and train them and give them the understanding and knowledge of Scripture. And, and through that, let the Holy Spirit to work in and through them and love them as they understand and grow in Christ. And then convictions just naturally change, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I mean, when people grow in Christ, their convictions start lining up with the convictions that God has for them. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing how easily that happens when the Holy Spirit is involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think what, what God really doesn't want, I knew <clears throat> I knew a woman who she smoked, you know, and, and this is back years and years ago. And uh, she hit it, you know. And, you know, it's not that we're promoting any social behavior, but what we want to do is under to have people understand that if you smoke or drink or you know any number of different things that you might have a conviction about, we love you mm-hmm. because God loves you. Yeah. yeah, and we want to be there for you, and we want to meet you where you're at. 
like we believe Christ would. He, he'd, he'd come to where you're at and show you love and help you understand and teach you and equip you to, to be the best follower of Christ that you can be. And so as we continue on this series, we're very excited about continuing on this series of ouch, church hurt, and talking about how, how church hurt affects us and also how we can, don't want to be church hurt to community. We hope it helps you as you maybe heal through some church hurt in your own life. Maybe you understand church hurt versus per, people hurt versus butt hurt. And maybe what you really need to figure out is that you've probably been more people hurt than you realize, and you've probably been a lot more butt hurt than you realize. And it's time to try to deal with that, allow God to move in you and help you get forgiveness for that in your own life, and then forgive others and then move on growing in Christ. Thanks for listening to the Happy, Happy Clappy Podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. God bless.